Welcome to the Charlotte Shields Coaching Podcast. I have real answers from real spouses of how to uplevel your marriage, even if you've lost hope. You can be the spouse you want to be, and you'll feel appreciated, cared for, and desired again. Let's create your marriage miracle. It's simple, but not easy. Nothing worth having ever is. Stick around to learn what it takes to create the marriage you've always dreamed of. Hey y'all, what a beautiful day it is. We went out and picked 31 pound baskets of strawberries yesterday and strawberries are my favorite I was always the strawberry girl growing up because my parents had strawberries and always I got the first red one. I was like on it. So that was super exciting. And also our peas are coming on, which I love. So good times, guys. I hope you all got a chance to listen to my podcast with Tia Smith last week. I have gotten a lot of feedback from many of you about how much it impacted you. I hope you'll go back and listen if you missed it. It was awesome. I want to share some things I have personally learned about receiving information from God. Why is this important? And what does it have to do with marriage? I believe it has great importance. It's the reason I'm still married. Many of the couples I coach are having such a hard time that they're not sure if they want to stay married. They often ask me what I think they should do. I always tell them I have no idea. I tell them that staying in a marriage or dissolving a marriage is one of the most important decisions they will ever make in their lives. The only one with the correct answer for their marriage is them, their partner, and God. I told you on a prior podcast that at one point, my husband and I had decided to separate. We both decided we couldn't handle our marriage anymore. It was just too painful to stay together. I started to look for apartments for my husband to move into on my phone while he went downstairs to get luggage. The strangest thing happened to me right when he went down the stairs. I had a very real experience with Satan. It came out of nowhere. I know I didn't fabricate this because it was so far from anything on my mind at that moment that it could not have come from me. I actually envisioned Satan. Satan, he was jumping up and down. He was laughing and extremely gleeful. He was so much more evil than I had ever imagined. He was ecstatic that two people who loved God and had served missions and were faithful to Christ were separating. It was hard for me to comprehend how happy anyone could be about someone else's obvious pain. That was what struck me the most about this experience. Satan is a real jerk. When I saw this vision, I realized that Satan felt he had won. He was certain he had won. It made me so incredibly mad. I was mad that he was so excited about our decision. And then I was mad that he thought he'd beat me. So of course I decided I couldn't let him win and I had to continue to fight for my marriage. I believe now that I had that experience that was so powerful because Satan knew that separating meant tons of pain for my family and also that I wouldn't be able to do the work that I am doing now of helping others heal their marriages. If I hadn't figured it out, I couldn't have helped anyone else figure it out. At the time, I obviously had no idea I would be doing a podcast about healing marriage. In fact, I still had no idea if my marriage could heal. 
My husband came up the stairs and we both looked at each other in tears. He had gotten the suitcases and had gone into my son's bedroom to think. As he was down there, he felt the spirit tell him not to leave. The spirit told him that leaving would be a big mistake. I had experienced something completely different, but we both knew we had received our own personal witness. Don't expect this type of experience the first time you ask. I had petitioned God for direction for more than a decade before I had this experience. Uncertainty was the norm for all that entire time. More than once, I've learned that once I make a choice one way or the other, then I will finally get clarity. From that point on, it was all rainbows and unicorns. Not. (laughs) It didn't get easier for quite a while between us, but we were committed to staying. Being told to stay in your miserable marriage is not uncommon. I have now spoken to many couples who really feel like separation or divorce is the only option, and yet they are told to stay. Most of them really want to be done with the marriage, and staying actually feels like the harder choice for them. In lots of cases, the harder choice is to stay for the short term, but probably not for the long term. Tia, in last week's podcast, mentioned how close she and her husband came to splitting up. She was told to stay. So many others I have coached have had the same experience. If you are told to keep your marriage together and you're not sure where to start, a wonderful resource is my Healing Marriage course. This course is on my website for purchase under videos at charlotteshieldscoaching.com. The first 30 videos contain every new thought and belief I adopted to change my mindset around my marriage. It comes with a workbook. In the workbook, I have one page of the most important message to remember from that video, and then one journal page for you. It's super quick. The videos are 20 minutes or less. The next 30 videos are classes and coaching sessions with real spouses in real marriages with real issues. These are so valuable. Many of our marriage difficulties are the same. You will almost for sure hear someone being coached on the exact issues you issues you are experiencing in your marriage in those next 30 videos around sex or pornography or parenting or money or unkindness. I mean, the list just goes on and on. Changing belief systems is a process. Are you willing to invest time, money, and effort? That is what it takes. For me, there was nothing more important once I knew the path God had laid before me, and it was to fix my marriage. I started this process myself without my husband. You don't need two people to start to change your marriage. You alone can begin to shift and then transform your marriage. If you can get your spouse on board, all the better, but it's not necessary. In deciding whether to stay or go, please make sure you get an answer from God either way. Ending it might be God's will. Not ending it might be his will. Either way, learn from him what you should do, and it will be the right choice. One life coach principle that makes me like so much logical sense to me is that we don't leave a job or a marriage or any other difficult circumstance that's changing the circumstance until we have found peace in that job or that marriage or that situation. We can find peace in any circumstance. The prophet has promised it to us. And I can promise you through this work, the same thing. This is possible to do. Be in a good place with your thoughts and your feelings before you decide 
any circumstance, including your marriage, is complete and done. Leave from a place of love for yourself and your spouse if you leave. It is possible. If you leave from a clean place, your future will look so different, especially if you have children. Regardless of whether you stay or go, my video series will teach you how to do this. You can watch these videos at your own pace, review them, and have them for life. Even I even have a nephew who did get divorced and he had the videos during that time and it didn't work out. And now he's rewatching them for the marriage that he's in now because he doesn't want to make the same mistakes and he wants to have the basis for a really good, healthy relationship. Saying staying is not always the answer you will receive. A client told me that one night she was praying for help and guidance. She and her husband had struggled for years and he had betrayed her repeatedly. Prior to this particular night, God had told her to stay. This night, God told her to leave her husband. When her husband came home from came home super late that night, she told him she had received an answer and was filing for divorce. He confessed that he had been with another woman that whole evening. In this case, my client's answer was to end the marriage. She had done so much work prior to this. She had done her due diligence. She had given it her all from this place. No matter the pain and suffering, she felt peace and calm about her decision. Because she was certain her answer came from God, she was able to move forward with assurance and clarity. The other week, we had an apostle come and speak to our stake, Elder Rasband, and it was amazing and it was powerful and I absolutely loved it. But as I was sitting there listening to him, I thought, who are women that I know in my life who are this powerful, who are this inspirational, who have the spirit with them so in such a strong way? And guess what? I realized three out of the four women that came to mind are divorced. And then I almost kind of wanted to be divorced because I'm like, does it take divorce to become that amazing? But really divorce is not a failure if it brings you to Christ, if it makes you the person you are to become, if you come out of it and you are that kind of a woman, oh my word, it's so impressive. These challenges, these obstacles, the opposition, it's all there to make us who we're meant to be. We've been told by the prophet to learn how to receive revelation. If you're trying to make decisions about your marriage, it's very important to learn and practice how to hear God's voice. I have worked on learning to receive revelation for many years now. My sister remembers the time after my mission, being married, and even having a couple of kids that I told her I felt like I wasn't good at receiving revelation, and I lamented that everyone was better at it than I was. I don't really remember saying that to her, but I do remember the frustration I felt. I particularly remember hearing others express how they had been in the temple and received revelation and inspiration. At one point, I experienced a faith crisis around this. I was so frustrated. I'd been going to the temple for years, and I had never really felt like I was having any of the experiences everyone else was having. I didn't enjoy going. I told my husband that I needed to take a break from the temple. I felt that I got way more personal revelation outside the temple and I was also angry at God about it. To his credit, my husband didn't push me about it or try to talk me out of my decision. I didn't go to the temple for months. I'm not exactly sure how long, but at one point during this time when I wasn't attending the temple, I kept feeling promptings to have another child. 
five years after our last child had been born. So I had arrived <laughs> and I told my husband that I felt like we were supposed to have another child. He didn't agree. He thought it was my own thoughts. Um, by this time I was 38 years old. I told him there was no way it was my own thoughts. I had been at peace about not having another child for years. Honestly, even now, a lot of time, I time, I really know God speaking to me because it's the opposite of what I want to do and what would be the easiest road for me. It was this decision that kept weighing on me that drove me back to the temple. I decided to try going to the temple to come to a sure decision about having another child. I didn't end up even going into the session because I started to feel really nauseous and I didn't trust my stomach. Since we were already there, my husband went into the session and I waited in the foyer reading scriptures. During this time, after probably 15 years of going to the temple, I had my first experience with receiving revelation in the temple. As I was reading the scriptures, it became absolutely clear that we were supposed to have another child and that we would miss out on incredible blessings if we decided against it. After long discussions together, my husband and I both decided to have another child. We had my son and another daughter also, who have been great blessings. We can't imagine our lives without them. I believe now that those years I went to the temple without receiving any revelation that I could recognize was a test of my faith. I continued going to the temple once a month for years. It was a better experience for me, but it still wasn't great. Last year, I got a revelation to go to the temple once a week. I didn't act on it for months because again, it was not something that would be easy or I necessarily wanted to do. Then the prophet said something that sealed the deal. It struck me so powerfully. He said, I promised that increased time in the temple will bless your life in ways nothing else can. That was in bold when he said it, nothing else can. I have things I have been praying about for years and nothing has changed. And this has been my answer. Going to the temple has blessed me in ways nothing else has. I've been going to the temple every week for months now. If I go on vacation, I go two times in one week and I make up for it. I am committed. For the first time in almost 30 years, I actually love the temple. I do receive revelation. But more than anything, I have received peace. This piece doesn't make sense in the circumstances as they are. My circumstances have not changed. They've stayed the exact same. This piece is the most amazing blessing. It's become worth every sacrifice I make to go to the temple. And most of the time, it doesn't even feel like a sacrifice anymore. Can you really put a price on peace? Every week, I end this podcast with seek and expect miracles. For me, Actually wanting to be in the temple has been one of the, those miracles that I'm talking about. The reason why I share this is because going to the temple has become a way for me to receive personal revelation from God. Tia mentioned how much temple and family history work made a difference in her receiving inspiration from God and healing her marriage. That has been true for me as well. President Nelson's counsel certainly applied to me when he said, if you don't yet love the temple, go more often, not less. Let the Lord through his spirit teach and inspire you there. I promise you that over time, the temple will become a place of safety, solace, and revelation. I can attest that this has been true for me. And I've also shared this with a lot of my friends. And I have so many friends going to the temple 
more often and they are experiencing the same things. I also want to share with you how I have been blessed by journaling the revelation I receive, which is what Tia and I talked about last week. I set aside time and I make it a priority. God wants to teach us. He wants to help us. He wants to inspire us. This is what I do to receive revelation. I like to do this first thing in the morning and it's part of my self-care. I get up early and it used to be a huge sacrifice, but now it has become such a blessing that just like the temple, it's no longer a sacrifice to me. Night may work better for you. I find the mornings or evenings are the time of day when I can most easily carve out some time for receiving revelation. I pray, I read my scriptures, and then I prepare my mind by writing a paragraph of gratitude. I thank God for what he has already given me in my life. I think of yesterday, and I recall at least one way that he blessed my life. It gives me an opportunity to look back and be thankful for and praise him for all that he has given me. And then I record it. Then I open my document for writing revelations I receive, and I take some deep breaths to get present and focused. God talks to me in real time. If nothing is coming, I can begin with loving thoughts about myself from God. God's language is loving and compassionate. Even when he is correcting, it is with a loving tone, a very loving tone. If you are not sure if you are hearing God's voice or your own, I can assure you that a critical voice is not coming from God. That is coming from you. If you've taken the time to converse with God, it means he will speak to you. If you consider all the people in this world and how many are coming to God to hear his voice, it's a pretty small percentage. Of course, he wants to speak to you. God is thrilled you want to hear him. How thrilled are you when your children ask you for answers to difficult questions and problems? You are so pleased with their willingness to be teachable and to actually want your advice and help. A beautiful way to think about the character of God comes from Richard Rohrer in his book called The Universal Christ. I love how he explains how God speaks to us. You must receive all words of God tenderly and subtly so that you can speak them to others tenderly and with subtlety. I would even say that anything with too much vibrato or over-assurance or with any need to control or impress another is never the voice of God within you. If any thoughts feel too harsh, shaming, or diminishing of yourself or others, it is not likely the voice of God. Trust me on that. That is simply your voice. Why do humans so often presume the exact opposite? That shaming voices are always from God And grace voices are always from their imagination. That is a self-defeating demonic path. Yet, as a confessor and spiritual director, I can confirm that this broken logic is generally the norm. If something comes toward you with grace and can pass through you and towards others with grace, you can trust it is the voice of God. If a voice comes from accusation and leads to accusation, it is quite simply the voice of the accuser, which is the literal meaning of the biblical word, Satan. Shaming, accusing, or blaming is simply not how God talks. It is how we talk. God is supremely nonviolent. And I have learned that from the saints and the mystics I have met and heard about that that many holy people cannot be wrong about this. Close quote. So what that teaches me is that God's voice is always a voice of love, kindness, and grace. 
You can also ask God what the most important thing for you to know is. Let him tell you. Just ask him, what do you need to tell me? What do I need to hear right now? One of my favorite questions is, where could I think about and see things differently in my life? Where am I stuck in a false belief? What is the truth? So much of my pain is the result of limiting or false beliefs I have about myself and others. God regularly shows me with truth and clarity, just a different way to see circumstances and people. Lastly, act on the revelation you receive. When God speaks to you with instruction, act on the prompting and you will receive more. He can't give you more unless you do what he's already asked. Most of what I feel inspired to do is a little hard or a lot hard for me. Do the hard work of being uncomfortable. Discomfort is the currency to growth and happiness and contribution. Becoming more of who you're meant to be takes time and effort. I always have to remind myself to be patient with myself. Eternity's a long time. It's okay for receiving and acting on revelation to take as long as it takes. There is no rush. Just small steps towards a new and more rewarding reality. I'll share one more experience about receiving a revelation. When I decided to become a life coach and went to school and got certified, I chose to help youth with life coaching. I wanted to help in particular the youth in college that were struggling. And I did for a while and it was very rewarding and I loved it. And I still help youth a lot of the time. I have, um, I coach quite a few youth right now in my um, individual coaching practice. But what Heavenly Father told me was you need to talk about marriage. (laughs) And I had been running from that. And I hated that answer and I didn't want to do it. And a huge part of the reason was I thought everyone's going to judge me and it was too close to my heart. And I also felt like, um, it was just going to be painful and actually really hard to help people with marriage. And yet it was such a strong voice that when it came, I absolutely knew that that was the direction I needed to go with my coaching practice. And it was the last thing on earth I wanted to do, which is why I knew I was supposed to do it. And now here we are. (laughs) And I'm grateful that I took the leap, that I got very uncomfortable. It took months and months and months for me to be able to share the things I shared with you today without shame or embarrassment or worry about judgment. I really don't care anymore because I know I've actually had women say, how does your husband dare let you talk about your marriage on your podcast? And I said, because he wants to help people. He wants to help other people. And if that means being vulnerable and maybe people saying not very nice things, it's okay. Because I'm, I learned a long time ago that I My priority needs to be pleasing God and not worrying about pleasing others more than him. Thanks so much for taking the time to listen. Please share with anyone you feel could benefit. As always, seek and expect miracles in your marriage and life. God is blessing you every day with incredible blessings. If you have eyes to see.
We'll see you next time, guys.